If you had to choose just one adjective to describe the sentiment at these conferences, uh, what would it be? Positive. I wouldn't say buoyant, but I would say positive. Otis Gold Corp. is a gold development and exploration company with quality projects in the pro-mining state of Idaho. Otis's flagship Kilgore project has a resource of 961,000 gold ounces, and its recently published preliminary economic assessment demonstrated an impressive post-tax IRR of 53% at $1,500 gold. In addition to the significant expansion potential at Kilgore, Otis is exploring its highly prospective Oakley project. This Carlin-type gold deposit already has an inferred resource in previous near-surface drilling inter intersected 123 meters of 0.69 grams per ton gold. Otis Gold Corp trades in New York under the ticker OGLDF and in Toronto under the ticker OOO, that's triple O. To learn more, go to otisgold.com, that's otisgold.com. Greetings and welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your listenership. Feel free to reach me at bill at miningstockeducation.com if you want to engage the show with your comments, questions, feedback. I do appreciate uh, the, the multiple emails a week that I receive there. Well, I'm bringing to you today an expert perspective on the junior resource markets. We're going to be hearing from somebody that not only is a president and CEO of a junior miner which with projects in Idaho, but uh, this gentleman has also been a co-founder of a private equity group that invested in mining and metals, and he worked for a gold producer, so he knows what the producers are looking for in these junior development projects. I'm speaking of Hugh Agro. He is the president and CEO of Revival Gold. With that being said, Hugh, welcome to the program. This is your first time, and perhaps you could begin by providing a little more background on yourself so listeners can get to know you. Good to be with you, Bill, and, and thank you for having me. Uh, I, I'm a mining engineer by background. I've been in the business for 30 years, most of it on the growth side of the of the gold business. Uh, with with major companies, as you as you indicated, uh, cut my teeth with Placer Dome, and then went on to Kinross Gold, where I, where I was part of uh, leading the growth of that company from 1.7 billion market cap to 17 billion market cap. Uh, when I retired in uh, late 2009. Um, over the years, I, I, uh, I've learned a lot about this gold business. And uh, when I saw the, the opportunity emerging um, uh, in, the, in the space uh, uh, two or three years ago, uh, it, was really, uh, it, it was really just too compelling. And I came back to the space, founded uh, Revival Gold with uh, a number of colleagues that I've worked with in the past and uh, are underway now. You recently were at Beaver Creek, the Precious Metals Summit, and then also the Denver Gold Forum. Can you share with listeners uh, the sentiment or the feeling that you experienced there? Well, I have to qualify it, uh, Bill, first in, in the first instance by saying, uh, you know, we, we explorationists uh, tend to be glass uh, half full uh, people. <laughs> so it's Take, take take my uh, view somewhat with uh, with that in mind, but uh, I do feel that there's a, a general uh, improvement in the sentiment. Obviously, the price of gold is up uh, almost 20% or, or thereabouts uh, since the since the uh, spring, and that that brings a uh, a good mood to those uh, to those conferences. Beaver Creek is focused on the more junior players, and what I would say uh, there uh, in the stats we saw about a third more buy side attendees this year than in previous year. And, um, and there was clearly, uh, there was clearly uh, an intent on the part of those buy side participants, those institutional investors to find uh, uh, 
good value in the junior sector, having made um, some some healthy returns in the more senior stocks over the past uh, few months and years. Is that like a mandate that comes down from their higher ups within a lot of those funds that, okay, now I need you to start looking at the juniors? I, I think it's just a matter of balancing their portfolios. As you probably know, uh, the senior gold stocks tend to move first in a cycle. We're in a, a positive move in the gold price, an upward move in the, in the cycle on gold. I, I would say it's been that way uh, since about 2015 with a, little, uh, a few bumps along the way. We're on an uptrend, and, and it takes a while for it to uh, filter down through the intermediate cap companies and then into the junior cap companies. And, of course, it's where the juniors are that most of the money is made uh, in the cycle. Uh, because that's where the best leverage is. If you had to choose just one adjective to describe the sentiment at these conferences, uh, what would it be? Positive. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say buoyant, but I would say positive, and that's a very good sign because uh, I think at the point where you see uh, 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 you know a buoyant uh, mood, we're probably uh, we're probably reaching a peak again, and um, so I I view the current mood as uh, very constructive for. Junior, uh, junior miners and, uh, and investors in the space. And if, I, and if I could just continue on the theme for a moment, the big, big problem in our business is that there are not enough projects to go around. And when the gold price starts to move and the senior gold companies look to fill their, their uh, replace their reserves, uh, they'll be scrambling for a place to sit. There just aren't enough good opportunities in good geography for investors and big gold companies to find assets to, to replace reserves and, uh, and and build growth. On that note, when you listen to some of the majors present at the Denver Gold Forum, what were some of your key takeaways from those presentations? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of discipline, uh, and, I, and I think that, again, is good for the business. Uh, we won't see a, a mad rush to find those seats that I spoke about earlier. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be uh, you know well uh, well uh, executed this time around, and um, and I think the senior gold companies um, will be will be uh, somewhat patient. The other thing is we saw quite a lot of talk on uh, what's what's now being called ESG or environment and social governance. Uh, so these are these these big gold companies are wanting to appeal to generous generalist investors. And they have to uh, pull up their socks on uh, ESG and ESG reporting. And we saw that as a big theme at the conference this year. So, again, it speaks to, uh, first of all, being disciplined in your approach. And secondly, uh, making sure you have uh, high standards on ESG uh, and operate in good jurisdictions. Because uh, those are the places where the big gold companies and the large institutional investors want to invest. So with the ma- major mergers between the gold producers that we've seen in the last year, how do you think that affects you as a CEO of a junior gold development project? With this expected divestiture of projects, how does that impact what you're doing? It's fascinating to me. You know, We've seen this tape before back in the uh, 1990s, early 2000s. The gold industry went through a consolidation phase when, when investor interest uh, disappeared. And, uh, and, and so I think we've seen that now, and the discipline that it brings to the sector is, is good. Um, it, it, it causes uh, folks like, like me to become all the more excited about the opportunity for us to uh, fill the void, so to speak, uh, because, as you say, there's a real crush for uh, good growth projects in gold in safe geographies. And, 
and uh, these gold companies, although they may get bigger and and um, and although they you know they may be, enjoy some uh, operational synergies from those mergers, they still haven't solved the problem of how to replace reserves in doing so. It, it makes it actually harder for them. They become bigger. They need more reserves to feed their growing uh, production demands, and uh, and and their investors do uh, do as well. And the and the and the pressure will build. Wasn't one of the things noted at the Denver. Uh, gold forum is that um, over the past five years, a lot of the majors were mining significantly above their reserve grade. Yes, uh, uh, w- one of the one of the stats that came out of the uh, conference was something in the order of twenty to forty five percent for uh, for a, a number of the leading players. Uh, so that is to say, they're they're mining a grade from their deposits, which is which is above the average grade, which means. They're enjoying the benefits of that today, but in the future, they'll eventually be mining below grade and having to uh, do so at much greater expense. And so it's, uh, it compounds the problem. Um, another, another interesting thought here, just uh, as we're talking about this, um, you know, these, these senior gold companies, it's fascinating to me that a year or two ago, they were talking about rationalization. They were talking about... Uh, delivering cash flow to shareholders, and interestingly enough, the one of the biggest players in the space, Barrick, was talking about exploration. So again, I, I think this this um, this move in gold price, uh, the, uh, the the confidence that the senior gold producers are feeling around their cash flow and their situations, the fact that we've got past these uh, big mergers and are now thinking about how we replace reserve, has led these companies to uh, make the next step, which is you know, exploration, uh, and uh, and then the next step after that, of course, is uh, the feverish pitch to to find those uh, those those uh, great growth projects in gold that they can add to their portfolios that uh, juniors are developing. If Barrick was talking about exploration, was it because it was material news, or they just wanted to assure their shareholders that we're working on new reserves? I think it's the latter. Okay. And of course, they would have to grow their companies, as we've uh, alluded to here, through acquisition. I guess what was behind one of my previous uh, questions, Hugh, was with the the expected divestiture from some of these um, non-core projects that the gold uh, producers are expected to sell off, do you think for a company like you that would that increase the likelihood if you decided to sell your project in the future and be taken over that the potential buyer would be one of the mid-tier gold producers rather than a major. What are your thoughts here? What can you share? That's an interesting question. Um, everybody tends to focus on what the big players, the the Newmonts, the Barracks, the uh, Anglo Golds are doing, but there's a there's a whole cadre of two to three dozen intermediate players. Some of them quite big, um, and that's that's a a, a relatively uh, new situation over the last decade, I, I would say. Uh, and it, uh, it creates a, a broader spectrum of potential uh, business partners, acquirers, uh, uh, and the mix is, um, is actually very advantageous for, for junior developers today because you've got a lot more folks to talk to about your project. And what are your expectations, before we move on to talk about your specific project, what are your expectations for this upward move, uh, gold move? Uh, you know, How many years do you think cyclically we could look at an upward trend? Oh, gosh, I'm... I'm uh... Uh, you know, I, I'm no better than the next guy in predicting uh, the cycle in gold. What I can tell you is uh, the last cycle was about uh, 
uh, about 10 years. And, um, you know, typically they run between two and, and seven years. Uh, I think if you go back to the research. So uh, I would say, you know, 2015, we bottomed out um, in, in the gold price uh, in the most recent window. Um, it's taken a while to sort of uh, get some get some foundation, but over the last uh, six to, to to seven months, I think we've we've seen that, and um, you know I, I think we've got uh, three to five years ahead of us here, and and there's no no reason to believe that uh, uh, the fundamental causes for the pickup in the price of gold, which is you know I, I think related to uh, the central bank activity. Uh, there's no reason to believe that any of that's going to disappear overnight. Uh, equity markets have topped out uh, and have been toppy for some time. Uh, central bankers have uh, put lots of money into the system. Uh, there's been an erosion of, uh, the, of, the, of the savings uh, in, in the world. And in fact, we're in negative interest rate territory for, for much of the world's savings. Uh, that all uh, bodes well for the the price of gold, and um, I, I see no end in that uh, in sight um, in that regard. So, as the CEO and president of Revival, then do you see this three to five year potential window as kind of your time to capitalize and make the most of this project? A- absolutely. And the great thing about uh, the scenario we're in now is there is still good value in the junior space, and well, the uh, bigger companies have uh, enjoyed some benefit from this pickup in the price of gold. Uh, and, well, there's large institutional investors who are now coming back into the space. We still see value in the space. And so that means for a company such as Revival Gold focused on growth, not only can we grow organically, but we can also look at opportunities to grow inorganically. Uh, that is to say, uh, you know, we have our uh, our eyes out looking for other opportunities to bring to our shareholders where we can uh, crystallize value. It's a good time to be in the uh, gold development business in uh, in good geography. Hugh, we featured Otis Gold Corp, uh, your peer there in Idaho, which is a sponsor of the show. And uh, you have uh, two projects there, the Bear Track Gold Project and the Arnett Gold Project in Idaho. Please give us an overview of these projects. We uh, for, well, firstly, let me say uh, we um, we uh, we love the guys at Otis Gold. They're doing super work on that project. Uh, Kilgore's um, an impressive project uh, in, in its own right, and it's part of the general theme in Idaho, where companies have come back to to the state, recognizing that there's really interesting geology and really prospective uh, uh, gold uh, projects and prospects. Uh, Bear Track is the largest former gold-producing project mine in Idaho. Uh, it's got a great pedigree, uh, and we have on site a lot of the uh, infrastructure remaining, uh, including processing plant and uh, roads and power and so on. That's given us a bit of a head start with our Bear Track project. And when we got started in Idaho, we assembled a neighboring land position at Arnett, which is right next door. So the combined Bear Track Arnett uh, project is some 12,000 acres. We have 2 million ounces of gold in the resource. And uh, just today we announced uh, additional results in the Arnett area, which is completely outside of the existing 2 million ounces resource and where we're developing up uh, oxide gold uh, resources for a, um, 
for a planned uh, updated resource in the first quarter next year. It's an exciting uh, state to be in. We've got some great peers like Otis in the state, and uh, together we're building uh, Idaho into the, uh, uh, the the next new Nevada in terms of gold production in the United States. Yeah, and Idaho has had a very favorable ranking. Um, remind me, what, what is the recent ranking, the Fraser Institute ranking of Idaho? Yeah, um, I, I can't give you the specific number, but I can tell you that it ranks above uh, some of Canada's premier jurisdictions for mining, like Ontario and BC. It ranks above Mexico. It ranks above Finland. It's 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 really uh, something, and uh, folks are starting to wake up to that, of course. But uh, the opportunity for gold in Idaho and good value in Idaho for investors is uh, is still there. The company is Revival Gold. You can find more information on the website at revival-gold.com. That's revival-gold.com. Hugh, as we conclude, would you like to share any final thoughts with my listeners? Just a thank you, Bill. Uh, your program is uh, is super, and, uh, and I think this is exactly the kind of information that uh, investors will profit by. Orn Resources is a junior exploration company with the appetite of a major, focused on finding the next globally significant discovery to create enormous potential upside for shareholders. It's one of the most aggressive exploration companies pursuing high-grade, scalable gold and copper deposits and has a premier seven-project portfolio including its two flagships, Committee Bay in the Arctic and Sombrero in Peru. With Orin's unparalleled technical team and highly experienced management with a history of success in advancing and monetizing exploration assets, Orin has been called one of the best in the junior exploration sector. Orin trades on the TSX and NYSE under the ticker AUG. To learn more, go to orinresources.com. That's A-U-R-Y-N resources.com. Thank you for listening to this Mining Stock Education Podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded investors. Visit us on the web at miningstockeducation.com for more resources on precious metals and natural resource investing. At our website, you can also sign up for our free newsletter for interview transcripts, stock picks, and more. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.